Welcome to Lasting Truth, a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel, Sweet Hills in Banning, California, where Pastor Ryan Hussein teaches the entire Word of God, chapter by chapter, verse by verse, giving our listeners the opportunity of receiving the full counsel of God. In today's program, we are studying the book of Romans, chapter 2. Here's Pastor Ryan. And the prayers are just bouncing off the, the, the ceiling. Anyways, that's how I see the Lord. That's how I feel he, he deals with me. And so back to our text. But we know that the judgment of God is according to truth against those who practice such things. You know, and you think about moral, good moral people. And you know, I, I pray that more come to the Lord. For sure, Obviously. There are some really good heathens out there that blow away Christians as far as character. Bible says, let your yes be yes and your no mean no. Christians should be punctual, should be the best employees. And the Lord, look at the, the sons of darkness are shrewder than the sons of light. They work, look what they do, man. They break their back for their goals. And Christians ought to take heed from the lost and build up our character in Christ. We have the Holy Spirit in us. We should be outdoing them by miles when it comes to honorable behavior. Or do you, verse 4, speaking to Christ's rejecting world, or do you despise the riches of his goodness, forbearance, and long suffering? Not knowing that the goodness of God leads you to repentance. That's what God is saying to the world. Do you reject the goodness of God? The forbearance of God? God is good to a lot of heathens. You notice that? Didn't the... Didn't the um, didn't the psalmist write, you know, I, I see the heathen and look at them living large and living life. And man, I'm over here struggling. I have all this warfare and hard times. I love you, God. And look at them. They're living large. What's up with that, God? And the guy it says at the end of the psalm, but then I went to the house of the Lord and I came to my senses. Then I realized their end. But why are they so blessed? You know, the guy, he, the heathen, he gets the girl, he gets the job, he gets the car, he gets the whatever. She gets the this, she gets the that. God bless! Look at all these people being blessed! They can care less about Jesus. Some of them even wear a cross to patronize them. Some may even go to church on Christmas and on Easter to patronize him. It's part of the whole get-up. Like I used a rosary when I was in the world. I was a player and a dog, and I had a rosary hanging from my player uh, win, uh, rear view mirror. And it wasn't a cheap rosary either. It was from La Placita. It was shiny. <laughs> it was like, shh, went by the church, bam, 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 bam. And just living how I wanted to live. What does that say? That's the world. That's, that's their morals. I lost myself. <laughs> but yeah. 
Yeah, so God is good. It's not like the first time I, it wasn't like when I got saved, that's the first time I ever had a good taco. You know what I'm saying? I, 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 or a good burger. I have eaten righteous food as an unrighteous young man. I have been blessed as an unrighteous, sinful, God-rejecting. Why? Because he makes the rain fall on the unjust and on the just. And the reason why he's so good to them is one reason only. And they can't see it. Or they can, but they reject to see it. It's because he's trying to woo them to Christ. So when you drive by those mansions in Beverly Hills and you look over and you think, man, you know, why, Lord? Even in all that, he's trying to woo them. Even the poor person who gets a great meal and great warmth or whatever level they are at, those good things, a good crop, a good job, a good, a good this, is so that God woos them to Jesus. I shared with first service, I didn't have that problem. <laughs> but I did enjoy so much after I came to know the Lord I realized everything that I had every bean burrito every chicken and rice was from the Lord so and you, you know that reminds us of 2nd Peter right we go to 2nd Peter real quick of verse 3 2nd Peter verse, uh, chapter 3 verse 3 Knowing this first, that scoffers will come in the last days, walking according to their own lusts, and saying, Where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of creation. For this they willfully forget, that by the word of God the heavens were of old, and the earth standing out of the water and in the water, by which the world that then existed perished, being flooded with water." The world forgets. The world has already been flooded, already been destroyed. But the heavens and the earth, which are now preserved by the same word, are reserved for fire until the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men. But judgment is coming for ungodly men. But, beloved, do not forget this one thing, that with the Lord one day is as a thousand years and a thousand years as one day. The Lord is not slack concerning his coming, as some count slackness, but is long-suffering towards us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Thank God that you and I are not God. We probably would have smashed some people by now. But God is way more long-suffering than we could ever imagine. And he lets people enjoy their good things in hopes that before the time they'll repent, they'll realize don't you see all the good things you have are from God? And that they would turn to Jesus Christ. Back to our text. Verse 5. But in accordance with your hardness and your impenitent heart, you are treasuring up for yourself wrath in the day of wrath and revelation of the righteous judgment of God who will render to each one according to his deeds. And so he's saying that their continual rejection of God 
They're just storing up wrath for themselves. It's just going to get worse for them in the end if they do not repent. That's what he's saying. And imagine when they get judged. You were blessed in your life. Why didn't you turn to God? Oh, uh, because I, yeah. Uh, because there wasn't a church. You know, whatever they'll say. They won't be able to say anything. Eternal life. He's going to render to each one according to his deeds. Eternal life. Here's one group. Eternal life to those who by patient continuance in doing good seek for the glory, honor, and immortality. But to those who are self-seeking. There's that two-letter, one-letter word. And do not obey the truth, but obey unrighteousness, indignation, and wrath, tribulation, and anguish on every soul of man who does evil of the Jew first. That's a, a religious person first, and also of the Greek. But glory and honor and peace to everyone who works what is good, to the Jew first, also to the Greek, for there is no partiality with God. God's going to judge according to his truth. We read that. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. But he's also going to judge without partiality. He's going to judge fairly people according to their deeds. And he said that it's going to be terrible for the non-believer. But then he says to the righteous, to the righteous one here, eternal life to those who by patient continuance in doing good seek for the glory, honor, and immortality. Those who believe in Jesus Christ have eternal life by faith, not of works. He's not saying that this is a believer uh, working for his salvation. He's saying that this is the difference between them and us. We patiently do good works. We patiently continue in our walk with the Lord. I'm often asked, how do I know that I'm saved, Pastor? How do I know that I'm born again? Well, you just love God and His Word. You love Jesus. And you no longer practice sin. You used to practice it. Now, you love God. You love His Word. And, and we all sin, but we don't practice it. Every day we sin, but we do not practice sin. I mean, we're no, you're no longer the old man or woman anymore. That's the difference. That's the difference between us and them. We are born again of the Spirit, so it doesn't dry out. It doesn't run out. There isn't um, a burnout, if you will, in continuing in the things of God because the Holy Spirit continues to renew us in Christ Jesus. But we have to do our part to seek Him. We have to do our part to put our flesh in check. If we walk in the Spirit, we will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. I mean, I was reading Spurgeon the other day, and I was just so convicted, and he, was, he, he, he did a, a devotion on the Holy Spirit coming upon our Lord as a dove when he came out of the Jordan River and was baptized by John the Baptist, and how, you know, being still is key to being empowered by the Holy Spirit. Being quiet before God for long periods of time is where we see the power of the Holy Spirit work in our lives. 
It's not a quick thing. It's not a quick fix. God can see through that just like he can see through the world that doesn't know him. If we as Christians say, okay, I'm just going to, I need something, so I'm just going to pray real quick so that I get that thing, but generally I do not sit still before you. Then generally we're not those that are empowered by the Spirit. And a lot of our activity and a lot of our thinking is carnal. And I was just like, ouch. As maybe some of you are this morning. Ouch. So on the way home from Costco the other day, uh, go out to the desert, I stopped by Whitewater and just pulled over by the road and walked to the stream and looked at the hills from hence comes my help. And everything became clear to me. Everything. And that is available to every Christian who believes in Jesus, but we're not doing that today. And so a lot of us are sick. And we don't know which way God wants us to go. And if me, a pastor, has to take that kind of, uh, you know, diversion to go seek the Lord, how much more not all of us? It takes effort to really be alone with God and to really get direction. I'm talking generally. If you do that in your life, generally you're going to know where you're going. You can't always, you know, take those breaks, but it should be general. And the result of that, eternal life to those who by patient continuance in doing good seek for the glory, honor, and immortality. In other words, we continue doing works. And it's not works to salvation. It's works because of salvation. We've been saved, so he gave us two arms and two legs. The Bible says continually, do good works unto the Lord. We can find something to do. To do church activities, serving in the community. There is so much to do in Banning and Beaumont and the surrounding cities. There is so much to do. We're getting that team together for the jails coming up here. We need teachers and more teachers for our high schoolers. We want to give them good word, fresh word. We want to go to the jails here and blow their minds. We want to do good works. But it takes all of us. So think about what is we got to continue in those things. Because that's what Christians do. We continue in these things. We know that we have been born of God because we continue in these things. Um, in 1 John chapter 5, verse 18, that's 1 John chapter 5, verse 18, it says, We know that whoever is born of God does not sin, doesn't practice sin, hates sin. Avoids sin. You know what another good one is? Avoids the appearance of sin. Anything in your life that someone might look upon and think, "Mm, that looks like sin. We should be careful for even the appearance of it. I may be an ex-gangster. I may be an ex-whatever I was. But I should not glory in those past things I should let God mold me and shape me into the Ryan he wants me to be 
I say Ryan because I had a nickname. And I'm not that guy no more. I'm Ryan. We're different when we're born again. First John chapter 3, verse 9, it says, Whoever has been born of God does not sin, for his, that's God's seed, remains in him, and he cannot sin because he has been born of God. 1 John chapter 2, verse 3 through 5, Now by this we know that we know him if we keep his commandments. He who says, I know him and does not keep his commandments is a liar and the truth is not in him. But whoever keeps his word, truly the love of God is perfected in him. By this we know that we are in him. There's also that verse that says, if, you know, we know that we know him by our love for the brethren. We know that we know him by our love for the brethren. Um, in John 8, 31, Jesus said, John 8, 31, if you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed. There's a continuation of following the Lord. Not perfect, but generally. And we can only do that by dying to self, getting over ourselves, and, and, and studying his word every day, and saying, his word is right, I'm wrong. What he tells me in my devotion, I must abide in. I must obey. I must submit to what he's telling me in his word. Not lean on my own understanding, but in all my ways acknowledge him so he can direct my path. You've given me your word. I've read your word. Speak to me. I'm going to do what it says. If I say, um, if I do something different, then I'm just leaning on my own understanding. My life should abide in his word. We, you should be able to look at your life and look at the word and say, ah, they go like this. But if it's like this, you say God, God all day, but you're doing this, it, it, you know, you got to really check yourself. Examine yourself. What's the problem? Charles Spurgeon said this really powerful thing. He said, uh, there are many who fancy they are born of him. There are many who fancy they are born of him who are not. So many people, you know, say they know him, but they don't. Be assured that the name of a Christian is not the nature of a Christian. And that being born in a Christian land and being recognized as professing the Christian religion is of no avail whatsoever unless there be something more added to it and he says being born again by the power of the holy spirit it's not you can people can call themselves christians till the cows come home people can say i live in a christian uh, land i go to a christian church i am a christian but unless they're born again of the spirit they don't continue they don't continue. Then he goes on to say, it is not a change of my name, but a recreation of my nature, so that I am not the man I used to be, but a new man in Christ Jesus. To wash and to dress a corpse is a far different thing from making it alive. Man can do the one, God alone can do the other. You who were dead in your trespasses has been made alive through Christ. Only he can make us born again. 
And, and when we're born again, we're different. If we're not different, then chances are we're not what? Here comes the persecution. How dare you, my friend? Said he was a Christian, she was a Christian. I was there at the crusade. Where are they now? Where are they now? We go by scripture, not by feelings. Where are they now? Tell them to abide in him, to repent and give their lives to Jesus Christ and start afresh. Don't pay, don't, don't be the one to keep them in a state of blindness. Cats meow, cows moo, dogs bark. Christians do certain things. They, they follow the Lord. And everything else that makes sense, I don't, we don't point at a cat and say, man, that's a nice dog. It's a cat. We know it. Christians, you'll know them by their fruit. If they're the only person left in the world, they would follow Christ. They're not following Christ because mom, dad, sister, brother, friend, or whatever. You, you, we don't have to be here. The church will go on because they love Jesus. They're going to keep doing Christian things. So when you test the test and test the waters, ask yourself, if they were the only ones here, would there be a church anymore? Would anybody be sharing the gospel? For those who say, my friend, my family member, da, 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 they, they said the words years ago, they're saved. Well, then why aren't they walking with the Lord? I'm telling you, it's hard truth, but anyways, I love you very much. But glory, honor, and peace to everyone who works what is good. A Christian works what is good. A Christian doesn't just talk what is good. There's a lot of Christians who talk the talk and don't, do, don't ever do any good. We need to be those who do good. God is calling us to do good. We were saved for a reason. If he wanted us not to do good, he would take us home so that we couldn't do good. We got to do good. But he will give you the strength and he will give me the strength if we seek him with all of our heart, with all of our minds, with all of our strength, with everything. We have to seek him in order to get empowered. The thing about Christianity is hard for a lot of people because there's no power behind it. God, God sees we don't want to hang out with them anyways. So why would he give power to those who don't want to hang out? With, you know, and I, I'm convicted at my sta own statement. Yeah, I see. I shouldn't be empowered. I shouldn't know which way I'm going. I haven't really spent time with you, Lord. That's legit. I shouldn't know where I'm going. I shouldn't know what you want for my life. Because I haven't spent time with you. But when I do, you direct my paths. Amen. Father, we thank you for your word. It is our gauge. It is our lighthouse. It is our... It is everything. We thank you for it, Lord. And we ask, Lord, as a church, that you would help us to be people of your word, not of talk, not of emotions and feelings only, but that we would do what you say. The emotions and the feelings are only good if they align with your word. But if they don't, who knows what they are? We know that these bodies are bodies of death. 
And we know, Jesus, that you're the one who can help us against our flesh. So, Lord, we ask that your word would penetrate our hearts and produce fruit upon fruit upon fruit. Bless your people, Lord, we pray. And while all heads are bowed, if there's anybody here who has not accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, and God has spoken to your heart, and you know that he's calling you to repent and to give your heart to him, then I'm going to ask you to raise your hand so that I can see you and lead you in a prayer to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Is there anybody here who needs to do that? Today is the day of salvation. Not a day is promised to any of us. Is there anybody here? Amen. Father, we thank you again. May you bless our time of communion. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for joining us today at Lasting Truth Radio. If you're in the area, come on out and join us for Sunday services at 8.30 a.m. and at 10.30 a.m. or Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. We are located at 3035 West Nicollet Street in Banning, California. You can also find us on YouTube or Instagram. If you'd like to donate to our program, please do so on our website at ccsweethills.org and hit the online giving tab. We hope you will continue to tune in as we journey through the entire Word of God with the teaching of Pastor Ryan Hussein at Calvary Chapel Sweet Hills.